This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 138. Who likes conflict and confrontation? No one. And many of us avoid it at all costs. In today's episode, I'm going to share several tips that are necessary in order to resolve conflict and handle confrontation in your most important relationships. In addition, I will teach you how to confidently hold a conversation without shrinking, shutting down, or swallowing your truth. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Let me first start by saying that as a recovering people pleaser, I really, really hated conflict in relationships and confrontation was even worse. It pained my heart to know that someone was mad at me or disappointed in me or offended and I would do whatever I could to reconcile or restore what I thought was broken in our relationships. But over the years, I realized that the brokenness was not always caused by something I did or something that I said because many times the brokenness was already there in the form of insecurity, control, and manipulation in the other person. When I realized this, I said, wait a minute, why am I always shrinking? Why am I always settling? Why am I always the one who feels like I'm doing all of the sacrificing in this relationship? Confrontation was really scary for me, for any people pleaser, really. And it was scary for me because the one thing that I never liked was the feeling of someone pulling their love away. It's the worst. When you feel like you, when you're in a relationship with someone and if you don't do what they want you to do or act the way they want you to act. And they visibly and through their actions pull their love away from you. Oh my goodness. It was, it was really bad. So I really had to learn not to be afraid of what would show up during the confrontation or even what would show up as a result of the conflict. So I want to share with you some of the strategies that I've learned over the years that have supported me in my efforts to stand in my power and not shrink, not shut down, 
not stifle my truth or stuff my voice. Believe it or not, you learned how to resolve conflict from what you saw modeled in your life. Meaning the way your parents resolved conflict or grandparents or whoever it was that you grew up with or around, the way they modeled conflict resolution was innately passed down to you, whether you're aware of that or not. So if you grew up in a family where everyone yelled at each other and cussed each other out during conflict and confrontation, nine times out of 10, that's probably what you do and how you handle conflict. And if you grew up in a household where your mom and dad never said anything to each other or never spoke about the issue or never spoke their truth because they didn't want to cause a riff, you probably are accustomed to shutting down, sweeping matters under the rug and swallowing your truth. So there you have it. We learned how to do relationships based on what we saw, what was modeled for us, period. Many of you may already know this, but it may be new to some of you. And if it is, that's okay, because now you know. So now what? What do we do when we know that the way we engage, connect, and communicate in our relationships around confrontation and our conflict is not healthy? How can we respond and react in a healthier way? I used to be so nervous talking about difficult topics or having hard conversations with my husband because early on in our marriage, he did pull his love away and wouldn't speak to me for days, sometimes even weeks. And he didn't know how to create that safe place for me to feel comfortable and confident in speaking my truth, which not only was very hurtful and gut-wrenching, but in my opinion, it was just mean and cruel. And so relationships that are manipulative or there's some level of intimidation there, they're the worst. So I'm really grateful that Adrian has grown a lot in this area and has gotten much better. And it just, we had to work hard on our communication and creating safe places for each other and knowing what that looked like for each other because it's different, right? So me creating a safe place for him looks different than him creating a safe place for me. And it took work, it took work, but I'm really grateful that we aren't there at that place anymore at 20 years being together. But again, it it could have been really bad and it could have been something that either caused divorce or just really numbed, numbed me or him. And, you know, being in a relationship or a marriage in particular, where you just don't feel safe to communicate is, is just not the way it's supposed to be. So let's identify the barriers preventing you from resolving conflict or the barriers that cause hesitation or intimidation or trepidation before really entering into that place or that space of resolving conflict and having a confrontational conversation. So number one, you or the other person go into the conversation already defensive 
or you go into the conversation already with an attitude, or you go into the this space already shut down or already quiet, like scared, whatever it is. That's number one. You already you before the conversation even happens, you already go in defensive or with an attitude or shut down. Okay. Number two is pride. Pride, 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 pride. <laughs> pride, capital P-R-I-D-E. This is one of the biggest culprits to preventing resolution in your relationship because no one wants to be wrong. Everyone wants to be right. No one wants to take ownership or responsibility for what they did or what they said because of pride. Now, the worst thing about pride is pride never sees itself. It never does. So you can see pride in the other person, but they can't see it in themselves. This is the worst and often the most frustrating because when you can see that this person is really prideful because they'd rather be right over being reconciled and you just want to reconcile, but they can't see themselves because of the pride and they don't take ownership or responsibility because of the pride, it's super frustrating. And then number three, there is an emotional immaturity there in you or in them or both of you. So what is emotional maturity and what does that look like? So people who are emotionally mature can't really engage in the conversation. They tell you, I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm not talking. I'm not having this conversation anymore. Or they shut down or they pull their love away or they scream and yell and curse it very dramatically or all of the above. This is someone who just emotionally is not mature and having any kind of conflict or confrontation with someone who's emotionally immature, not only is it frustrating, but it really doesn't even go anywhere. The conversation just doesn't even happen. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a kind of a societal example of someone who's socially immature, someone who is, is engaged in conflict or something is happening and they don't have control over it anymore. And they end up beating the person up or even worse, maybe even shooting them, right? So this is someone who's highly emotionally immature and has no idea what maturity looks like when it comes to being able to handle their emotions. So number four is that there's no self-awareness or personal development. Some people, they don't even have the wherewithal to apologize for hurting, for offending someone, or even being misunderstood. They have no idea what to say how to say it, or how to even engage in the conversation to say, man, I'm so sorry that I hurt you. Like those words, I'm sorry, make them cringe. It's like they can't even string the words together. Many of you already are in relationships or may have been in a relationship where someone doesn't say sorry. Guess what? This is largely due to the pride and the emotional immaturity. So here are some of the steps for resolution in your relationships or in your marriage. And let me just preface this by saying that 
some of these steps are not easy. Y'all, they are not easy because we are emotional beings. And oftentimes it's difficult to get out of our emotions and get them in check when we are really passionate about what we're saying or we're passionate about being heard or getting our point across or proving a point or discussing something that has offended us. There's an emotional charge there that is often innately there or it may be deeply rooted. So while these are the best steps that I have found in moving towards resolution, trust me, I don't get these right every time. And so with that, I want you to have grace, right? Grace for yourself and knowing that, yes, this, these may be the goals, right? These are the goals to resolving conflict, but know that you may miss the mark sometimes. You may, um, you know, and, but the point is to just keep practicing, right? Keep practicing. Don't beat yourself up. If you miss the mark, you, they, it will get easier and it will get better. So, um, number one, create a safe atmosphere and environment for the conversation to take place. Meaning be open, be open to listening, be open to receiving feedback. In addition to giving feedback, this goes for the other person as well. So if any of this is hard, if you already know that this is, you're already know that you're emotionally charged, do not have the conversation. If you already know that, that the other person is emotionally charged, or this is, you can't collectively create this safe space to have the conversation, then postpone the conversation, postpone it, postpone it, postpone it, because it's not worth it. Okay. Um, Number two, check your emotions at the door. There is no room for the highly charged emotionalism. As they say, save the drama for your mama, right? It's just too much because most people want to discuss what happened, the offense, the issues, the topics way before the, they are calm enough to really have a conversation about it. So it's important to ensure that both parties are over the initial emotional aspect of the conflict or that you are in enough control, self-control over yourself to have the conversation. And I mean, both of you, I am a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. So I'm always ready to have the conversation to move beyond the division and the friction into a place of healing and healthy conversation. But some people are accustomed to holding a grudge. They feel powerful when holding a grudge. They want to uh, elicit punishment right? Pulling their love away. This could be their default. This may just be what they know and all they know. And if you talk to them too soon, if they're not ready, it can often end up being worse than before. So that leads me to point number three, which is timing. Timing is everything. So don't force the conversation. If the other person isn't ready. And don't even force the conversation if you're not ready, because that could potentially lead to another blow up that you're going to have to kind of sift through. So you can simply ask, is this a good time to talk? And then let the other person answer. And then even ask yourself, is this a good time to talk? And then 
answer yourself, honestly, because we do, we innately want to talk about it right away. Like we need to talk about it right now, especially if it's something that's really um, hurtful or painful or offensive, right? And sometimes we do, and sometimes we do, and we yell and scream at each other, or we shut down, or one person shuts down and the other one intimidates or vice versa, but it's, it's about discipline, right? It's about self-control. It's about knowing you and knowing your partner or the person in the relationship and understanding, knowing what their triggers are, knowing what's a good time. If you are emotionally charged and the, your husband or your wife or whatever, or that you know that the best time is not to talk to them right before going to bed, but you need to get it out. You need to talk about it right now because you're that angry. This is where you practice the self-discipline and the self-control because you already know that you're not going to get them at their best because they're sleepy. You are not going to um, really resolve the conflict because it's just the wrong time. So be mindful of that. Be really emotionally mature around that and just make the decision to talk about it tomorrow or the next day, right? Number four, write down your points before having the conversation. So you don't ramble on and on and on repeating yourself over and over, which can actually strain the conversation and the desire to resolve the conflict. Because We want to, you know, if we are not clear about the points that we want to discuss in the effort to resolve or come to some happy medium or understanding, then it's kind of all over the place and can cause a lot of frustration. Number five, don't bring up anything that's not on the page that you just wrote those points down on. Do not bring up old mess trying to validate your current points. Stay focused on the current issues at hand. Make sense? Number six, if the conversation gets heated and you know that you're losing control of your emotions or they're losing control of their emotions, stop, stop the conversation and set up a time to pick it back up again. Now, this takes a lot of practice and it takes a a mutual consent. So before you even have the conversation to really use those as some of the ground rules, so to speak. So if you feel that I'm getting emotionally out of control, or I you are, then we have to agree to pausing the conversation and then setting up a time to pick it back up again. And again, this is a really great practice to establish in relationships that tend to be more emotionally charged. Number seven, don't be selfish. I know that this is a challenge for many people when, especially when there's a lot of emotion around the topic, right? Because when everyone, the, the mutual parties, right? Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants their 
opinion or their perspective to be validated in the conversation. And this can cause the selfishness to really rise. And you forget that we're on the same team. You forget that ultimately we want the same thing, the same outcome, the same result, right? So don't be selfish because selfishness is a lose-lose for everyone in the relationship for both of you. Number eight, remember the end goal. Typically the end goal is happily ever after, right? And so when things are getting heated and you guys are in serious conflict, if it's something that you cannot resolve on your own, be sure to reach out for help from a therapist, a marriage therapist, or a, or a coach, relationship coach, marriage coach, make sure you use these types of resources. And don't be one of those couples that suffer in silence. And it's because there's so many, there's so many couples who just suffer in silence because of the mindset that having a therapist or a coach is bad. I think everyone should have a therapist and a coach, really. It's their amazing resources that can help you move through the the blocks that are really deeply rooted in your subconscious mind, in your beliefs, in your mindset. And so make sure you use them and don't suffer in silence. Use these resources that can help you get back on track because it doesn't necessarily mean that you need one forever for the rest of your life. It may be just a season in your life that helps you get back on track in your relationship or your marriage. Number nine, stay humble and stay focused. As hard as conflict and confrontation can be, staying humble and grateful is so important. So when I am in a conflict situation with Adrian and we are not able to work things out in a moment, in the moment, we literally go our separate ways for a period of time to think and, and cool off and eventually we come back and talk to each other without the offense and the hurt because we've had an opportunity to really remind ourselves that we're grateful for each other. We're grateful for this this union, this marriage, our our partnership. We are are grateful. So staying humble, staying focused on the the end goal is so important. And so in this process of oh, we need a break. We need to take a break. It's just be be brave enough to suggest that. Be brave enough to suggest that in um, even during the, the conversation. And number 10, hug, kiss, show affection after the conversation, after you get to a place of reconciliation, restoration, um, really the resolve seal the deal with a hug, show affection in some way, shape or form. Because oftentimes what happens is in you think that you've resolved the the situation, but the other person hasn't really. And so you're able to even engage in a way where you kiss, hug and show affection and just feel the sincerity of it, right? So if you hug and the other person is not embracing you back, then you know, uh oh, something's still wrong, right? So if you I love you, hug, I'm sorry. I'm so glad that we're here. If the so if the if the man, the husband comes in and he gives 
you as a wife a hug or a girlfriend, fiance, whatever, and then you're like not responding back, then it should be a trigger for him that, okay, babe, what's wrong? It seems like you're not done, right? So then you can, you continue the conversation if you need to, but a hug, a kiss, showing affection should be mutual at the end. And if it's not, this should be a flag for you to ask more clarifying questions because Again, there may be someone in the conversation who hasn't fully learned how to be confident during conflict and confrontation. And so it really takes someone who has studied their their partner, studied their spouse to to ask those clarifying questions, to know that, oh, my they did. I didn't get hugged back or, you know, I went out, I reached out to give him a kiss thinking that the conversation or the conflict was over and they didn't kiss me back. And so this is a sign. Don't just say, okay, we're done and keep moving. Ask the clarifying question of, babe, are you okay? Are you really done? Really? Tell me honestly. And then it may open up to another aspect or or a deeper level of the, the confrontation or the conflict or whatever it is that you're talking about. But it, it means so much in the relationship when you ask more clarifying questions when you can recognize the body language of no this is not okay and you ask a question about it as opposed to ignoring it because you're done and you really don't want to continue in this conversation and so while there are many more things that you can do I don't want to overwhelm you uh, we may need a part two nevertheless but these are some of the things that can get you started that just can get you started even thinking about how to successfully engage in your conversations that are around conflict or that may be confrontational in some way, shape or form, because no one likes being on the other side of happily ever after where it's just heavy. It's just conflict and confrontation and just irritation and frustration and Even if it's for a brief time, it really sucks being on the other side of your happy place. But when you genuinely care about the relationship and you care about each other and you know that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get back to your happy place, to get to whatever happily, whatever happy ever after is for you and your relationship and your marriage, then You will do whatever it takes to mend it, whatever it takes to mend it. And that's how you know that you found someone who is as equally invested in the relationship, who is, who wants this like you want this. And it's important to really show that effort mutually, show that effort to each other. It is so powerful and so important. So Wives, if you're listening, ladies, if you're listening, please share this with your significant other or your husband. Husbands, if you are listening to this, please share this with your wife or your, if you're not married yet, your fiance, your girl, whatever, because it's important for you both to hear it. It's both, it's important for you both to know what these steps are, what these tips are. So you can collectively both use them during times of conflict and confrontation. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much. I'll connect with you next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already. It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time, but I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.